And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything's potable. The most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots. When Welcome to Anything Is Potable. D. Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I am joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend, Celtics beat reporter from the Athletic, Jay King. And we are coming to you in a very swanky room in the TD Garden after the Celtics absolutely choke away Game 5 of their series against the Atlanta Hawks, losing 119-117. to they were up by 12 with six minutes to play, and then they stopped scoring the basketball. They I would had, say they stopped playing overall. They did some things out there. They were certainly playing. They were playing well. Uh, Blake Griffin was in the game. Everything was seemingly uh, fun. Uh, things were going well. The offense slowed down a little bit. Uh, maybe Literally slowed down. Well, yeah, they – it wasn't great there. Blake was still in the game. Joe Missoula calls a timeout with four minutes, 31 seconds left, and he goes back to the double big lineup, which in the second quarter was a big reason for them to kind of extend the lead. The defense on that lineup was very good. They created a lot of transition baskets. I actually thought, like, that was the key to things. Like, that was going to be, a, like, very successful for them. But double big lineup comes in. They're up 111-103. It's immediately a bad Jalen ISO possession. He takes a bad shot. The next is uh, Jason Tatum gets double teamed, turns the ball over. Uh, the Hawks make, a, I guess, a shot after that. Uh, they basically come back. Trey hits a three. Marcus checks into the game for Derek White at that point. He immediately turns the ball over. Trey makes another three. Then Marcus actually, I thought, made a decent play, finding Al Horford in the corner. He missed the open three. Rob Williams gets the putback, misses the free throw. They get a stop. Trey misses a three. Smart's called for an offensive foul. It's kind of it was a ticky-tacky play, but um, they've been calling it all series. And then they have the foul on Horford, the tech on Tatum. They basically just completely melt down. Another bad Jalen turnover. Marcus Smart going for the steal uh, 50 feet from the basket. By the way. I thought every, a lot of people were on Smart for that decision to try to go for the steal. That's Marcus Smart playing basketball. That's I don't blame him at all for that. Like that's what he does. I actually thought it was really clean. I thought he's like, yeah, it, like you don't call that in the playoffs. Like it was kind of bullshit. Like he knocked it away clean. I think they called it on the dive. It was on the dive. He got dive on the body, but it's like the playoff basketball. You're going for a loose ball. I thought that was a kind of a bullshit call. Uh, but that's so, not so, the reason the Celtics no, lost. No, I mean there were. It was one of the reasons the Celtics lost, one of many in a five-minute span. And then the last play of the game, Derek White hits two free throws to go ahead. 
And Trey hit a tough shot. Um, I would have probably forced him not to shoot the ball. He was steaming hot at that point, forced him to help. But then that opens up lob passes. Trey is just really talented with the ball in his hands. So do you send like a quicker double there? Well, they didn't really double him at all in the fourth quarter. And it's not something they seemingly like they certainly gave Trey a lot of attention. And one of the reasons I think the Hawks were able to stay in this game is that a lot of their other guys hit a lot of threes. And it seemed like the Celtics were very much welcoming other guys to take threes uh, tonight, but we never saw like a hard double to try to just get the ball out of Jason or Trey Young's hands in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the thing too, like you're up 12 and most of that time they were ahead. They were just like in control of the game for like up 10 for basically 44 minutes. Yeah. So most of the time you're ahead. What you're really worried about is giving up threes and doubling is the easiest way to give up open threes. So I don't really hate that decision. Um, it looked like they were sending a double when Trey just kind of pulled up on the last shot. Celtics still had a little bit of time. Um, the inbound play did not go well. They they should have run the the, the one Joe Missoula play where he just uh, get Tatum <laughs> moving from the backcourt. I mean, and I, if any time to use that play, that was it. One point nine seconds left. And I I thought they actually had Tatum there. Um, it was what one point eight seconds left. And they had Tatum, I thought, on the inbounds play, but it looked like they wanted to get it to Al on the block instead. Atlanta knocked it away. Then with half a second left, Celtics didn't really like. You're not going to get a good look with half a second left. Tatum just had to fire one up. But what a debacle. It really reminded me of game five against the Bucks last season. Obviously, it's a different situation. The Hawks aren't as good as the Bucks In that series, it was tied 2-2 and put the Celtics down 3-2. And it just felt like that was probably going to end the season. And they would go to Milwaukee and lose. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, so the Celtics have a lot of experience of dealing with shit like this. <laughs> Something they brought up last game. Jason Tatum mentioned specifically to not have moments like this. You can't let your foot off the gas. You can't lose games at home. But they did this game five against the Bucks last year and game six against the Heat uh, last year. Yeah. So it, it was just a mess. Just a total fucking mess of the last five minutes. Um, Why the Blake minutes? That... It was very confusing to me. I don't understand why Grant Williams has completely lost his like rotation. Uh, why Muscala minutes in the previous game, but why Blake minutes? Why why so many Hauser minutes as well? I thought Hauser was like decent, but he did get attacked. I don't know why Grant Williams is not playing. I don't think that's like the biggest deal, but it's just like the offense's failure. And Missoula mentions out his games like the pace slowed dramatically in those final four minutes when they have double bigs. I think the double big contributes it to a little bit. They just have far less spacing, but they had four turnovers in the first three quarters and then had four turnovers in the final four minutes. Like all of a sudden they just made Tatum made a terrible pass. Smart made a terrible pass. Jalen had not great moments. It was just like, what is the reason for them? Just like completely slowing down. And like, I get it. You're trying to milk clock, but they just like, Completely stopped running good offense. And they pretty much had bad offense for the final 10 eight, minutes. Like 10 minutes of the game. Like they once, didn't. Once Blake stepped in. 
Hey, Blake stepped in. They went on a 5-0 run, and things was everything was, was very quick. Joe should have taken him out right there. I mean, like we got the Blake moment. The crowd was juiced, uh, but Blake remained in for the next. Uh, he played so many minutes. He played half the fourth quarter. That just makes no sense. Why? Why did that happen? It well, it felt like Joe was just <laughs> going with size, defense, physicality. Like he felt they didn't really need much offense in that moment. But it it's just wild a, to it, have, like, why wouldn't you have Grant in that situation who gives was, you size, defense, physicality, and ability to shoot the ball? It's just, the Grant thing is weird. He had a really good game in game three, and then they used Muscala in game four, and then they used Blake Griffin in game five. The Blake minutes tonight, to me, were indefensible. How many times did he play with Al Horford this season? It was hardly ever. Like I thought he was coming in for... Uh, Al Horford, like that I was, thought it was going to be a single bit, like like I guess they wanted to do two bigs, but like when has Blake Griffin, Al Horford ever been your like closing lineup or your clutch lineup? It and just, it's not like anything really went bad from for Blake himself. I thought there were a couple pick and rolls where Trey scored while he was in there, um, but it was it wasn't like he did anything wrong. But it's just it was a weird moment to dust off Blake Griffin after he hadn't played the rest of the series, especially just, when like. Your your offense has just been totally decimating the Hawks the entire series. You can rely on the offense to hold off Atlanta runs. You don't need to dust off your ninth or tenth best player in the fourth quarter of an elimination game. And again, like that—that's not the answer. That's not like the real reason they lost. It was just everything. Everybody kind of relaxed. Everybody made mistakes. Um. But I just thought that was just a fucking weird move from Joe Mazzulla in that moment. It's just not the time to try your 10th best player or whatever, 11th, yeah. whatever he is. Uh, like, no, no, just stick with the guys that got you there. And it's not like the uh, the Hawks were getting a lot of stuff on the glass. Like, I don't n- understand the need for a kind of like size and physicality there. Like, it doesn't feel like the game was trending in directions like – at no, at no point did anyone think like this game needs Blake Griffin. But uh, we're we're probably dwelling on it too much, honestly. Oh yeah, so we should dwell on the moments the, uh, after Blake Griffin came out of the game, where like the like, do you think they should have closed small? Because there, I saw some debate on Twitter. It's like, oh, they should have closed with Derek White instead of Marcus Smart. They should have closed with both of those to, guys. To me, I, to me, it, it's not about that. Like the double big lineup kicked ass last game. It kicked ass in the second quarter tonight. It was a big reason why they grabbed the lead in the first place, grabbed control of this game in the first place. But it kicks ass when it's playing defense and getting stops and getting, like, transition buckets. Yeah, that's the thing. You have to keep up the pace. You can't just walk it up and play with your meat, as Doc Rivers would say. (laughs) They played with their meat too much today. There was a lot of playing with their meat. It's just, like, keep playing basketball. Your offense, when you play basketball, is up there with the best offenses in the world. The Hawks had shown no signs throughout the whole series that they could stop the Celtics when they play fast and play with purpose and actually try to score the basketball. They weren't trying to score the basketball. They were trying to milk clock, and that's when things started to go wrong. And then, like, things get – it gets to seven. It gets to five. And all of a sudden, you're out of the attacking mindset. You're not – you're in panic mode because Trey just hit a three to cut it to six, and then Trey hit another three, and then 
then the benefits you're getting from the like the double big defense is not like if Trey's just hitting these step backs, then like it doesn't matter. You have a lot of size in the paint. Like, how many I understand times? they have to execute better, but I do think it like they will have would have had more space and would have had more driving lanes to go one on one. And like I think Tatum mentioned after the game, like I don't know if he, he I don't think he was trying to skirt the blame, but it's like when people get doubled. People need to come to the ball and give him more passing lanes. And I just don't know. I feel like closing smaller with both white and smart would have just been beneficial for creating offense. And I understand Missoula putting smart back in the game because it feels like he's the best facilitator of offense. He was the one who found Al Horford open in the corner to generate their one good look for that entire possession. I just think why not, why not have both white and smart out there? Like that's why you get kind of both those playmakers or crazy idea. Why not have Brogdon in the game, who seems to be like doing pretty well about generating? It. If you're going to slow things down, he seems like a guy who can get to the like get to the rim, generate his own shot, and had it going tonight with like doing that uh, in addition to his pull up game. Yeah, I just didn't like the way they played <laughs> over the last six or seven minutes. It was just like like they were trying not to lose. Just go fucking win, and they should have. They should have learned that lesson against Miami. They should have learned it against Milwaukee. Game seven against Miami last year, <laughs> they, it was they the almost blew it because it was the exact same thing. And like that's that's never been a good method for this team because whenever they go into that mode, it comes back to bite them in the ass. It always does. Feels like every time they just slow it down and pound it into the core and try to milk clock they start doing dumbass shit and that's what they did tonight buddy wow okay so where are what are you thinking for this is this just like an annoying little tiny thing that happened is this a big deal is this a sign that the celtics are not prepared to succeed in the playoffs is it like what how do you kind of evaluate what this is right now I I honestly don't know. I'm generally a positive, like, immediately when it happened, I was just like, this is so fucking annoying. Like, I just, but I didn't think it was a big deal. It feels really bad to waste the game DeJounte Murray is suspended because now it's like, okay, we have to go back to Atlanta. We have to win a game six. They're plenty capable of doing that as they showed in game four, but it's like, oh, and they have the added thing of DeJounte Murray. It's, I don't, I honestly like don't think it's necessarily reflective. Like this team can no longer win a championship because we saw them fuck up in game five against Milwaukee last year and basically do the same thing. And then Tatum goes out and has a, uh, like an amazing game. And then they win a game seven. Tatum was pretty bad tonight offensively. Uh, only 19 points, uh, one of 10 from three, which shows like when he was eight from 21 from the field, which shows that he's, seven of 11 on two point shots. Like where was that like kind of aggression the entire night? I thought Jalen Brown, if we're just looking at the first 40 minutes of the game was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. He was awesome. The left hand. How many bucks? He's addicted to the left left hand. hand He's addicted to the left hand and he could get to the left hand with ease. And it just doesn't make sense why you don't do that in the final six minutes. Ultimately I'm not like, Things are lining up very well. Like, I'd rather be in the Celtics position right now than the Milwaukee Bucks position. And I think, like, they're still plenty capable of winning a championship. Let's not forget, 
2008, what happened to the that dominant Boston Celtics team? They lost a game six in Atlanta to like they lost both games. They lost every game in Atlanta during that uh, opening round series. Like they should never have gone seven. And that like just because they went seven in the first series didn't mean it's like, oh, they're doomed for the rest of the playoff run. Yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't necessarily <laughs> matter, but it can matter. And they need to not do this again. And so the fact that they did it again is a bad sign because they already knew they needed to not do this again. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like... <laughs> like they, they already learned the lesson and they vocalized the exact lesson they needed to learn. And then it came time to implement that lesson and they failed <laughs> miserably. So that, I will hand it to you, Jay, is a bad sign. Uh, that is not the greatest sign. Um, and it, honestly, like, kind of hilarious that Tatum, <laughs> after game four... Basically detailed exactly. We need to not melt down at the end of games and give them away. It's he didn't explicitly say we need to not like play prevent offense, but it was implied with what he was saying. There was a direct implication there, and then they did it. Then they did it. <laughs> like, and I don't even know who to like. People are also like using the Celtics' loss to just complain about everything. It's like it's Missoula's fault for a whole bunch of things. I personally like didn't like the double big decision, but like he's Joe Mazzulla, and like I was actually preaching double bigs for the entire game before that. I just didn't think it worked out in terms of execution offense. But I don't think Joe Mazzulla is like calling a timeout and saying like, "Don't suck, don't throw terrible turn." Like at some point, it's just on the players, like the guys who have been through it before, to just like get through it and not like make the same mistakes they did before. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah, the, uh... <laughs> just, just an incredible loss. A baffling loss. It, it, it really does. Yeah, that, that leak out that Rob, Rob got after the jump ball was hilarious. Like, what a time to just give up a wide-open alley-oop to Robert Williams. Um, that shot by Trey, we're watching the game right now, like the highlights of the game in the room where we are at TD Garden. And uh, Trey was just phenomenal, like, down the stretch, and I just don't know how you stop his, like, step-back three when he's taking it from 30 feet. Like, I just, like, you can run two guys at him, but... That far from, are you running like two, like running a double team 25 feet away from the like basket? Yeah. Especially when you're up big. You mentioned but like, here, here's, here's my thing. I would have, especially with Jalen guarding him, I would have pressured up, forced him not to shoot a three, and known that if he does pull up, Jalen's length can bother him. And if he goes to the hoop, then you have, you know, you have help, you have, they they haven't given up too many lobs in this series, at least in the half court. And I mean, it's a bold move to throw a, a lob in that situation. Like I guess Trey would make the read in doing so. It is they were in a difficult position, as Jalen mentioned. Like only up one. Like Trey can really do anything there, and he was like very good at generating contact. Like he got to the line against Horford or like a couple possessions before that. But I agree, like. You kind of knew he was taking a step back three with seven. Like as soon as that possession started, like you kind of felt like that's the yeah. And, and it, why not drive him towards like your other defenders and at, try to help? At, my thing is like at least make him react to what you're doing versus let him get exactly what he wants. Probably should have Cornette contested him. I don't think that, <laughs> that would have been uh, too detrimental to his shot. What a what a wild wild meltdown! But he scored and the final fourteen points for the Hawks. It's like so it really wasn't like, and it was all basically ISO. Like, like it wasn't like they were creating these great looks for him. It was basically ISO basketball against, I guess Horford. They were trying to get him in the switch, and like I didn't think the Celtics were like horrendous defensively. I just thought Trey just made some like three fucking dope threes that they've shown a lot in this series, like. They uh no matter what happens the rest of the way, like they had a lot of moments where they could have just folded. They got down thirty in game one. They were down o two. Murray got suspended before game five on the road. They were down basically ten like most of the game tonight and just kept coming. Uh, so salute to them. They, they've shown me a lot. I re- I have a lot more respect for the Hawks now than I did five games ago. DeAndre Hunter, pretty good. Pretty good basketball player. The uh, one thing that kind of hurt the Celtics early, and like it, it wasn't a huge deal, but the uh, and it, I guess it hurt the Celtics later too. But the like lesser Hawks three point shooters kind of got going. Jalen Johnson hit one. Onyeko Okungwu hit yeah, one. Yeah, that hit, one was insane. He had hit four all regular season. Like only took thirteen threes all regular season. 
But yeah. it felt like the the, drilled one. the strategy was like, we're going to let John Collins do whatever he wants tonight. And John Collins actually stepped up, scored 22 points, was four of nine from three. And he kept shooting him. I, there was a moment in game four when Trey Young passed it to him in the corner and he didn't shoot. And Trey looked so pissed. Like, what the fuck, man? You sh- need to shoot that. And he, he kept shooting tonight. And, uh, like, he, he wasn't always hitting them. So... It's kind of well, like, like four of nine is like decent enough performance. Absolutely, they shot. yeah. No, no. I'm I'm just saying like credit to him for continuing to shoot through the misses because it wasn't like he was super hot um, at any point, but he just he just kept consistently hitting enough to to punish the Celtics for leaving him open. And the Celtics didn't. They weren't terrible from three tonight, but they weren't great. Like Jalen's the only one who had a decent percentage, um, but like. Tatum was not great tonight. Marcus Smart, I thought, had some moments. Uh, he only scored 10 points, but was 4 of 8 from the field. I like thought he did a good job getting into the paint. Um, but it like, wasn't the best Celtics performance, but they were still like were pretty much in control for 42 minutes of this game. And then the badness started. Yeah. Lake Griffin happened. Everything was groovy. 5-0 run. They get up 13 and then it was just like slowly worse and got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse till the final moment. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> honestly uh, Al Horford said it at shoot around. Murray's out, they're going to have even more of an emphasis on shooting threes. We need to do an even better job of defending the three-point line. The Hawks shot 19 of 41. That does that's not feel the like their emphasis was on the three, like defending the three point line. That, their emphasis was like taking the ball away from Trey Young and letting, like they wanted. There were so many of those of those Hawks threes were just wide open, that, and if that like felt like the game plan, that's that's the game right there. Nineteen for forty one from three, like the Celtics shot fifty three percent. They only had nine turnovers. It was a very efficient offensive game, but the three point difference, the Hawks hit seven more of them, and they attempted three more of them, which. Obviously, for the Celtics, almost always they're shooting more threes than their opponents. That is something that Joe Mazzulla looks at, the three-point attempt rate. That's a stat he's talked about how important it is. And so for the Celtics not to generate that many threes, some of it is just that they're able to get to the rim against this Hawks team. Um, But when you shoot 53% and you only have nine turnovers and you only give up six offensive rebounds, you have to win that game. Like, it's almost impossible to lose that game. And the Celtics lost it. So, they they just need to do a better job defensively on Atlanta shooters. And some of it, like, Trey hit some tough shots. John Collins, like, won't shoot 45% every night. Hunter, he, he, hit, he hit a bunch of them. The bench was, was all, except for... Uh, Jalen Johnson, like they were Bogdanovich and Bay were three for four. So they were just super efficient from behind the arc and they got up a lot of them. And that's that was the game. That was it. Yeah. I mean, the Celtics had another 60 points in the paint. They were like leading on fast break points. Like they pretty much had control of this entire game. My AB will mention they missed six free throws. That was not uh, great in a close game, but I don't know. That always frustrates me because it's not like they're trying to miss the free throws. It's just, you know, shit happens. Yeah, Jalen missed a bunch of them, and Jalen had (laughs) the best game of anyone. So, can't be too mad at him. 
Can't be too mad. I had so much, like, I was riding high. I had so much junk observations. My notes was just filled with funny, like, hijinks from the Jumbotron. It just feels stupid to mention them now. What was the cream of the crop? Uh, the JetBlue f- uh, flight crew is uh, committing fraud. How so? So they introduced a new gimmick where they uh, had this screen where it's like, oh, we're going to jump over 10 feet and do flips over that before our dunk. And it says it on it like 10 feet. Then they're like, oh, we're raising it up. But they didn't actually raise the bar up. They just kind of raised the screen up to make it look like they were like increased from 10 feet to 12 feet. This is a serious accusation here. (laughs) This is from my corner view on the ninth floor. So I don't know if I have like a perfectly level... uh, you know, I didn't know if I was like entirely accurate in my ability to surmise the situation, but it very much looked like they didn't raise it from 10 feet to 12 feet. They just kind of raised the screen. And Taylor Snow, who works for the Celtics, confirmed it. So we had two eyes, and he was downstairs. So I'm just saying, JetBlue Flight Crew, I like that you're adding a new trick, but. It might have been fraudulent, like the Boston Celtics tonight. So what was the highest that Lucky jumped over? He did a, a pretty dope front flip over a alleged 12-foot screen. How high can Lucky jump, do you think? Well, it was off a... As uh, high as he fucking needs to. <laughs> no, well, I don't know. He's using the trampoline, I know. Too. I know. <laughs> you know? It was also a friend Rogers night. National I, Anthem. That's in my notes, too. That guy can... That guy's got some best, pipes. Best National Anthem singer in the game. I missed it. I missed it. I wasn't out in time. And so I heard it, and I knew it was Fran Rogers because he has the voice of an angel, and I recognize <laughs> his voice. But I wasn't out there for it. So I was a little disappointed that I didn't get to to see the legend while he was singing the national anthem. Are we allowed to talk about, like, good moments? I thought Malcolm Brogdon threw a very sweet bounce pass in transition awesome to Jalen Brown. Like, that was just a dope bounce pass. Awesome uh, bounce pass. The Celtics offense for a long time was extremely good. And then it wasn't. Yeah. And then it stopped. Do you think playoff timeouts are entirely too long? Like in the playoffs, like in the regular season, the timeouts like a minute, 30 seconds. In the playoffs, they're all like three minutes. It's kind of frustrating. See, I like timeouts because I get to write during them. And it's just writing that I don't have to do later. However, this time, I was writing a story about the 76ers. (laughs) (laughs) And so I have to write my whole story over anyway. Dang, so I, so the timeouts didn't help the, you at all. The quick timeouts would have been more helpful. Were you mad at Joe Missoula for not calling timeouts? Like, no. I, I what is what does he tell them to do? I'm sure he emphasizes play with pace. I'm sure they know how to play play with pace. I'm sure he doesn't say don't throw terrible passes. Like I don't. It's just not the. I don't know what the solution is there. Like they the, they called timeouts. The play stopped plenty of times down the stretch. They still made mistakes. Like I don't know how timeouts solve anything. The uh, I thought they had a drew up a really good after timeout play that got Derek White the two free throws. It was just basically simple. Let's go at Trey Young. Yeah, <laughs> and Derek White went right at him. It was close. Block charge call. They called a block. It was probably the right call, but it, it was pretty close. Um, but I, I, I liked that it was just a simple way to go at Trey Young, who was on the floor for a defensive possession. Not sure why. 
Well, because he didn't leave the floor but for no, the entire no, second I, half. I say that. And he was pretty like in, it's not like they picked on him in, all series. In this one moment, they definitely needed they could have used somebody else. Like had they gone to somebody else, they would have had a better chance of getting a stop on that one play. But if you're Quinn Snyder and you're probably gonna end up losing this series anyway, even if you win the game. You need Trey Young to be involved. You need him to be participating in the defensive possessions. You need him to feel the urgency there. And so I like him leaving Trey on the court because it's far bigger than that one play. Yeah. Um. But wow. Just a, some fun stats, just because we're getting in a fun zone. Uh, teams up three one at home for a game five, leading after three quarters. We're 54 and 4 coming in tonight. No longer. And they were 30 and 0 when leading that by double digits. Whoops. <laughs> Big mistake. Big mistake by the Celtics tonight, uh, not winning the basketball game. And yeah. was Jalen Brown wearing a Braves hat in his post game press conference? It had an A on the front. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Um, it didn't look like a standard a uh, Braves hat. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a standard Braves hat. I I was wondering whether that was for Atlanta, but I'm not sure. He's going back home for at another game. And Jason Tatum was wearing a jacket that just said Norwood on it. So I was like, Joe, shouts to Norwood, Massachusetts. I don't know why Jason Tatum's repping you, but I don't think that's probably for Norwood, Massachusetts. I don't know what other Norwood it could be. Nor, so only nor would I. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I wanted to hate that, but that was good. That was well done. I think we I, – I got nothing after that. The uh, – I mean, just a stunning loss. The Celtics locker room was as cleared out as I've seen. As it should be. Nobody was speaking. Nobody was even in there. Jason Tatum was over in front of his locker doing his normal thing with – Ice packs on his knees, his feet in an ice tub, and for a while he just had like his hand over his eyes. It was just, but everyone was just out. It was gone. You don't see it like that very often, but they were out. Maybe they had to go pack bags that they didn't <laughs> think they were going to need to use. But wow, wow! I got to go to back to Atlanta. Yeah, get excited. We're going to be podcasting again after game. Six on Thursday night. The playoffs are crazy. Like, they're really crazy. You have to go through so much shit. Just because when you're in this moment, it must feel like that loss means everything. And you have to just shrug it off and go win game six. And then you have to win three more series after that, during which you'll probably have more epic meltdowns or at least very difficult losses. And you just have to just shrug them off and keep playing and go beat somebody who's pretty fucking awesome at basketball. All the time. And they did it twice last year where they just lost brutal games and then came back and responded and won. And it's like they had the opportunity to take some days off, to rest, to play the Sixers, and just couldn't make it happen. Yeah, that's the other thing that we haven't talked about. Two more days for Joel Embiid to rest. Not great for the Celtics. Not great. 
he's you see what Denver's doing right issue? here. Denver's closing out a game at home, uh, closing out a series game five. Jokic just had a big and one. Uh, that's what you do. That's how you take care of the take care of business. But yeah, I don't like know. It definitely feels like it plays. It's an advantage for this, the 76ers. Like if two days is like a huge difference in the series. Like I don't like. There's just no way of knowing that. But games three, four, five, six, or whatever, seven, we're all going to be on the same days and like the same time period. So it's just like really over like these first two games of the potential next series. Should we even be talking about the Sixers series at this point until the Celtics actually wrap up their first round series against the Hawks? No, no. (laughs) We We have, we have, we have respect for the Hawks now. We are a Hawks respecting podcast officially. <laughs> we are not been up until the four minute mark of the th- uh, fourth. Quarter no, that, that's not true. That's not I true. I, actually, st- I started respecting them. Game three, game three. I started respecting them. Game four, I still had full respect for them. Now, bow down, bow down to the Hawks. They are. They've been tough in this series. Not really physically tough, <laughs> but sometimes physically tough. They they don't get stops, but their offense just keeps coming. And then when they do get stops, it's uh they go on a you know whatever run to end the game. Trey Young scores fourteen points. The Celtics score I think six over the final. I, I loved his father's tweet tonight, which was "I built Trey <laughs> to no cool be great in moments like that or something like that." Not like my son is, I built him. I love that. Like, just taking full credit for it. I mean, at that, like. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Probably, I'm sure he built him like that. But I I just love that move. That I feel like that's Jake King energy right there. (laughs) It absolutely is. Like, I'm going to say that about my son one day. I built him like that. You think your son's going to score. No fucking (laughs) Kool-Aid. You think your son's going to score 38 points in a playoff? You could produce a child the same size as Trey Young. Not immediately. He'd probably grow into that. But like yeah, it could be immediate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done, folks. I've had enough. My my son will play some defense though. <laughs> He's not gonna be a chucker. Oh, he'll be a chucker, but he'll also <laughs> play defense. So play defense or else. Not, not, not that I, I play defense, but Yeah, I was gonna say But I that... learned from my own lessons. Did you? Yeah. That, well that kept me off the court. JK. Fucking soul. Uh, but I built my much, son. I built my I will build my son to play defense. Well, hopefully the Celtics can build themselves to learn from their own lessons. And uh, one day. One fucking day. Hopefully you would it think, comes in the next couple of weeks because uh, it'll be important. You would think. But no. Nope. Nope. Not Didn't today. happen tonight. They <laughs> choked away the game. Bad loss. Bad loss. And uh Unfortunately, we'll be back here uh, later in the week to talk about uh, Game 6, where Celtics will have to go back to Atlanta to hopefully try and cl- uh, close out this series again after losing tonight 119-117. to 117, A terrible, terrible loss. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to this episode of Anything is Potable. Anything is Potable! <laughs> Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. 
Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.